we're mainly going to be in Genesis chapter 46. This is kind of a study that's still in progress, by the way. But I'm going to go ahead and give you what I've got tonight. And, um, and then maybe later when I complete the study. Some studies are never complete, though. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> it's an ongoing study. So I'm just going to give you what I have for tonight. And uh, I've mentioned that we're going to get into the outline of In His Steps. And uh, I eventually will get into that. I just, we're not going to start that tonight. There's only three lessons. Um, and, and they're good lessons. But tonight we're going to look at this. And I'm just going to start with these two verses. And um, the first one is 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says here, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. Uh, Titus 3 and verse 9 says, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. All right, now, let me go back to my Bible app here. And now, if we look at Matthew chapter 1, we see the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now, this kind of seems like there's a contradiction here, right? Don't worry about genealogies, avoid genealogies and things, but yet the Bible is full of genealogies. So I just want to point something out to you, and I, I'm not going to read this entire genealogy here, although it is fascinating when you read through this, this genealogy, and when you read through the Old Testament, and the more you read the scriptures, the more you become familiar with the people that God has used, and he used them for a purpose, Paul talks about the things that were written for were written for our learning. And so everything that, that's written in every person that God used and put in the scriptures, including the genealogies, are there for a reason. So we see the genealogy uh, in Matthew chapter 1, but then we also see it in Luke chapter 3 and verse 23 says, And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, which was the son of Matthat, which was the son of Levi. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing all these right, but I could go on through here and read this genealogy. And, and you can see that there is genealogy there. Interestingly, concerning genealogies, there's also a lot of names that are uh, people that have the same name. So you'll see the same name two or three or maybe even four times in a genealogy. But you can get the, you know, when you study it out and you see the genealogy in the Old Testament, then you can begin to see uh, that there is a purpose uh, for the names for that genealogy and even the people, the names that are in that genealogy. Now, here in Genesis chapter 46 and verse number one, it says, And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba, and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night, and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down uh, into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, 
and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones and their wives in uh, the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods which they had gotten in the land of Canaan and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons, his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. And these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and the sons of Reuben, Hanak, and Falu, and Hezron, and Camri, or Carmi, rather. And uh, verse number 10, And the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zohar, and Shal, the son of a Canaanitish woman. And the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, and the sons of Judah, Ur and Onan, and Shelah, and Perez, and Zara. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan, and the sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. And the sons of Iskar, Tola, and Fuva, and Job, and Shimron. And the sons of Zebulun, Sered, and Elon, and Jahalil, or Jalil, rather. These be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Padanaram with his daughter Dinah. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were thirty and three. Now I could continue on reading here. I'm, I'm going to stop with this right there. Why, this may sound, you know, this is a little bit unusual to have a message on genealogies. What, what's, uh, what's the point with all this? And really... Often when we read the scriptures, we kind of just breeze through these genealogies. And we don't retain all the details and the numbers and the, the uh, relationships and things like that. And right here it mentions uh, uh, all the souls of his sons and his daughters were 30 and 3. Now, I've got to go to the book of Acts real quick. Acts chapter 7. And I do not remember where it was that um, that Stephen, when he was giving this, and he gave the, uh, the amount. If somebody can, can help me find this. It's 75. He gives a number 75. Maybe if somebody could just do a word search in Acts chapter 7 for the number 75. But if you remember, Stephen was giving this, this genealogy, this, the history lesson rather, and he talked about how that, oh, I think this is it, verse 35. So Stephen says in Acts 7, 35, he says, This Moses whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. That is actually not yet. Uh, 
if somebody, I'm sorry, I, I didn't have this written down. I thought I'd remember the verse number, and I obviously didn't. Um, let me see here. I think I passed it. Yes. What what verse? Fourteen. Okay, I was way past it. Okay, here it is. So Stephen says, let's start in verse 13. And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him and all his kindred, threescore and fifteen souls. Okay, it doesn't say 75. It says threescore and fifteen souls, but that's 75. <laughs> 75. Uh, souls. Now, we can look in several other passages in the Old Testament, and one passage gives us 70 souls. Another, uh, as we were reading a while ago, talked about 33. Now, some people look at these numbers, and believe me, I have, y'all have heard me tell about my story, um, my encounter with some Muslim men right here in Oklahoma. I spent many months with them many many hours with them and one of the things they told me they said if we can said you believe the bible is is really god's word and said yes so do you believe any mistakes are in it said no and they said well we can prove to you that there's a mistake in the bible will you become a muslim i said you're not going to be able to prove to me so i wouldn't agree to something like that anyways that's that's silly i i told him there may be some areas in the Bible that I don't understand, but that doesn't mean there's a mistake. I, I like that song, uh, this blessed old book. Y'all remember that song? This blessed old book that I hold in my hand is true from beginning to end. I can't remember all the words to it, but there's a part in it that says, and if when you read it, you find something wrong, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it's a pretty good song. I like the song. Well, I they gave me a list. I mean, a whole stack of verses paper just had verses at verse after verse after verse that they have compiled of mistakes in the bible and most of them believe it or not and they and this is king james most of them are have to do with numbers and some of them are things like uh the fountains in solomon's temple um the the uh, palace and all those fountains that, fountains that held water. In one verse, it talks about how much water, and it's specific, the wording is specific, of how much water those fountains hold when it's not running. But when it's running, it has to have more water to bring the water level back up. And it holds more water. There's another, and, and they, you know, people that don't catch those details, they say, oh, here, aha, uh -huh, see? God doesn't even know math. <laughs> you know, that's their connotation. And uh, there's another one that has to do with um, the chariots and the horsemen and how many chariots and horsemen there are and how many riders there are. And in the book of Kings, it gives one number. In the book of Chronicles, it gives another number. But when you look, there's a little bit more detail. One of them is including the chariots I can't remember, uh, I, I could find all this for you, but one of them is not including the chariots. And so you've got to take all these into account. 
So looking here uh, and going back in, uh, to Genesis chapter 46 and verse 10, I want you to see something here. First off, down here at the bottom where it mentioned uh, 30 and 3. That was verse number 15, 30 and 3. So some people would look at that and say, oh, see, there's a mistake because there's this place that says 70. Stephen says 75. Right here, 33. Another place, 66. I don't remember. We'll look at some of these notes in a minute. But look at verse 46. And I do want to point out one of the details here. In verse 40, uh, chapter 46, verse 10, says, And the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zohar, and Shal, the son of the Canaanitish woman. Now, do you see that there's a difference right there with Shal? With Shal, he was the son of the Canaanitish woman. Now, if we go back up here, actually, I'm just going to open up my notes here, and we're going to look at this here. And I didn't do all this research on my own. I'm going to give my brother credit for this. And my brother Isaiah, he did a lot of research on this, and most of these notes are his. Um, but uh, I thought they were good, so I'm going to share them with you. So the significance of the noting Shaul's mother here as the Canaanitish is simply that Shaul, although not a direct bloodline of Jacob and Leah, was still one of the names of the children of Israel. So if we look in verse 8 of chapter 46, these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons. And uh, anyways, we see there. So in one of the, the souls uh, of the house of Jacob... Verse 27 says, And the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. And the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were three score and ten. Now, we're probably going to see this as we read, but I'm just going to go ahead and point this out. The counting of all these souls, and I, I want to bring this all at the end here. I want to make a major significant point out of all of this. But I just want to point out here, some of these, when we're talking about the sons of Jacob, who went into Egypt, some of his relatives were already in Egypt, right? Joseph and his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And so sometimes whenever it gives that counting, it's talking about just those of the, the bloodline of Jacob. Sometimes when it gives the, uh, the counting of those souls, it's including everyone that was with them that were included in the family but weren't necessarily of the bloodline. And then sometimes it gives the accounting of all of them that were already in Egypt and all of his family, and sometimes it's just those who were going into Egypt. Maybe we could actually look for some of the details of some of them may have been called but never made it. You know, maybe they didn't make it there. Um, and as I have researched this, there's, like I said, it's still an ongoing study because I've found other verses that deal with the same thing. And so when we just look at one, like when Stephen gave uh, his um, history lesson there, some might say, well, he was a little bit off in his numbers. He had a little bit too many there. Well, the way that Stephen worded it, if I remember correctly, let's just go back. What was that? Verse number uh, 13, uh, 14. It says, then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him and all his kindred, threescore and fifteen souls. 
So the, the wording is significant is, is the point that I'm making here. And what I found is when it comes to numbers and uh, figuring out if the numbers are correct, the details really matter. They really matter. And you've got to read those details. You know, my grandfather told me many, many years ago, he used to say this a lot. He said, you know, the Bible is written in such a way that if a person just doesn't want to receive it, they're going to be able to find all the reasons in the world right. that they want to, to reject it. Amen. But if, they're, if a person is sincere and they're really looking for the truth, they can find it. Amen. They can find it. So anyways, uh, looking back at our notes here again, and I, that may be way too small for y'all to read. I apologize if it is. <clears throat> so, Shaul, according to what we saw there in that verse, is not of direct bloodline and is therefore not numbered with the 33 bloodline children of Leah or the 66 bloodline children of Jacob. As you read that entire chapter and you count up all those names, you're going to come up with these numbers and it's going to seem like it's off, but it's because Shaul is not of the bloodline. Um, but he is numbered with the 70 souls and 75 kindred of Jacob that came into or was called into Egypt. So simply put, and I've got a note that I'm going to read you here in a minute, but simply put, Shaul, the son of a Canaanitish woman in verse 10, as opposed to Shaul, the son of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Genesis 46 and verse 15. Or Shaul at a soul that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins. And there's, uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and read this. I, I hope it's not too uh, boring. Uh, it's actually pretty interesting whenever you fit it all together. But I'll read this quickly, and then I want to make a, a, a point here at the end. Uh, and maybe you all have already seen this point that I want to make. But let me read this here. Uh, these be the sons of Leah, this is Genesis 46, 15, uh, which she bare unto Jacob in Pet, uh, Padanaram with his daughter Dinah. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were 30 and 3. The souls that Leah bare to Jacob are 33. If we inaccurately include Shaul in Leah's bloodline, that would make 34. So Shaul was likely one of the little ones spoken of in Genesis 34, 29, which says, and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives took they captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. And that's a whole nother uh, history lesson right there in Genesis 34, 29. Uh, Simon or Simeon could either have adopted him or married his mother or both. At the least, he was a stepson at the best, an adopted son. So all the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins besides Jacob's son's wives, all the souls were threescore and six. So the souls which Jacob begat and which also came into Egypt are 66. So if we inaccurately included Shaul here, that would make 67. And making the math not line up properly. So Ephraim... And Manasseh were also not counted among the 66, not because they are not direct bloodline of Jacob, but because they were born in Egypt. And the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls, as we see in Genesis 46, 27. 
And Ephraim and Manasseh, Shaul and Jacob, that makes four souls, and you get 70. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which come into Egypt, were threescore and ten in verse 27. So you add Jacob's sons' wives, which were excluded, and you get 75 souls, as stated by Stephen in the book of Acts. So if you're looking at the bloodline, uh, the numbers are different. If you're looking at everyone together that they included uh, in the caravan, if you will, that went uh, into Egypt, then you get up to 75, according to Stephen in the book of Acts. So what is significant about all this? Going back to Genesis 46 and verse 10, and just focusing on Shaul for a little while. The sons of Simeon, uh, Jemuel and Jamin and Ohad and Jacob and, and Zohar. And then it says, and Shaul, the son of the Canaanitish woman. Yet he is included in the family right here. He's included in the family. Now, what am I getting at? What I'm getting at is we can look at others as well. Ruth was not of the bloodline. She was included in the family. There are so many others. We, if we look at, and let's go to Matthew chapter 1 real quick. Matthew chapter 1. In fact, I'm going to open up my printed Bible here into Matthew chapter 1 because I have some handwritten notes. Uh, let me see here. And some of you may remember the sermon out of Matthew chapter 1. And the verse number three, let me see here. And Judas begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar. So who is this Tamar? And Perez begat Esram, and Esram begat Aram, and Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Naosan, and Naosan begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rechab. <clears throat> Excuse me, and and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. So here we have uh, Rechab and Ruth. And then in verse 6, we have in Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. We have four women mentioned in the, in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And I actually got this outline or learned of it from another preacher. In fact, Kent Hovind is who I heard preach this message and I thought it was good. I made these jots notes in my Bible here. And he called it the first four feisty females of the New Testament. <laughs> Catchy title, right? <laughs> but here's what his point was with that. His point was it doesn't matter who you are or where you were born, and I could go into detail, we're not going to take the time to do it right now, but go into detail of learning about who Tamar was, who uh, Rahab the harlot, and Ruth, and then uh, Bathsheba, in verse number six, that's Bathsheba that's being talked about. And uh, these women uh, were not in the bloodline. Ruth was not in the bloodline. In fact, Ruth is of the bloodline and lineage of the daughters of Lot that he had with his own daughters. And um, anyways, the, the point, the main point with, with the seeing this lineage and these women here 
is it doesn't matter who you are, where you were born, what nationality, what language, what skin color, it does not matter. You are important to God. God loves you and God can use you. Right. Now, going back to what we were looking at in um, Genesis 46 and verse 10, here we have Shaul, the son of a Canaanitish woman. But you know what happened? He was adopted right into the family. Now, if we liken this to salvation, it doesn't matter what bloodline you're of. It doesn't matter. The, the verses that we started with of the foolishness of genealogies and this and that, and people who, you know, here, here's, let me just state this about genealogies. There is an important to genealogies, otherwise they wouldn't be in the scriptures. And I, I want to point something out with that here in just a minute. But uh, the importance of this, or the significance of what I'm saying here is, is that uh, if we look at how a person gets saved, and we look at, uh, what is it, Romans, in fact, let's turn to Romans chapter 2. I think it's Romans chapter 2. Yeah, and verse 29. Verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. So we see here and that word Jew, you got to understand it is used in so many different ways throughout the scriptures. It is used. Um, the, the nation of Judah is really where it, if I remember correctly, that's where the, the word Jew originated from. Or, or not, maybe not the nation, but the man who uh, was named Judah. And, uh, and then there was a split, if you remember. Uh, it, this, this is another lesson for another time. But, but just the, the studying the, um, um, the history of the word. I forget the, name, the exact vocabulary for that. But when you're looking at origins of words, there's a word for that. But um, when you look at the origin of the word Jew and study that out, it's pretty fascinating. And you see how that it's written in the Hebrew language. And um, it has to do with uh, you know, believers in Jehovah, really, is what it has to do with. Um, so there's another passage I want to share with you. If I can remember where it is. And I'm sorry, I, I may have put it in my notes here. Let me go back to where we were and see if I put it in my notes. It's in Romans 8, 9, or 10, somewhere around there. Oh, yeah, Romans. So Romans uh, 9... 3 through 5. Paul says here, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all 
God blessed forever. Amen. So Paul very clearly, he is pointing out here that there is a bloodline. There is a bloodline. And he mentions uh, his kinsmen in the flesh and uh, just everything that he says right here. But you know what? Let, let me just go right to that and, and look at verse number six. The very next verse, he says, not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Now, uh, here's the, what I, I want to, I'm trying to bring this in, I'll tie this all together with this. Is there an importance with the genealogy of Christ and the bloodline? Well, obviously there is, because we see the genealogies in the scriptures. They wouldn't be there otherwise. And even in the New Testament, Paul, as he mentioned, uh, there was this bloodline and his kinsmen in the flesh. There's something, there is um, some significance to those people that have that bloodline. How can we know exactly which people have that bloodline? I think that's very, very difficult. But I, I don't know that we can rule it out. I mean, obviously, there's some people that have that bloodline. But just because they have that bloodline, that doesn't mean that they're going to go to heaven. They still need the Lord. Just like anybody else, they need the Lord. Now, the fact that they are of the bloodline, and I believe there's going to be at least 144,000, according to uh, the book of Revelation, where it talks about the 144,000 that are of that bloodline. But they're not, going to, they're not going to be in that position of being used of the Lord without Christ. So we have a bunch of people right now that claim to be Jews, and what does that even mean? I've asked people over the years as I run across different people, and it seems like almost every person I, I, that claims to be a Jew, and I ask what that means, I get a little bit of a different answer. And if you research it, um, and a lot of Hollywood people claim to be Jews. David Letterman uh, is a Jew, and I, I can't remember all the different names of uh, celebrities that are Jews nowadays. But what does that mean exactly to be a Jew in their definition of it? But going back to um, Romans chapter 2, and I'll bring this to close right here. He is not a Jew which is one out, uh, inwardly. Uh, verse 28, I'm sorry. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, and not in the letter whose praise is not of man but of God. Now you just think about Shaul, that young man, maybe was a child. However he got into that lineage right there, the symbolism is he was counted just as one of them. 
And it doesn't matter anybody, wherever they were born. I spoke to a man last night. Um, Hannah was with me. We were visiting um, people on the newcomers list. And this, this man answered the door. He must have been in his 30s, would be my guess. And he says he's a spiritual person. And he, he's kind of indicated in so many words or less that he doesn't need anything because he's already a spiritual person. He's never read the Bible. He doesn't intend to because he's a spiritual person. But one thing that he did talk to me about, he, he said, you know, uh, he said, people call me black because he had dark skin. And he kind of went into that a little bit. And he, he talked about the history. You know what the Bible says? And this is what I told him. The Bible says that we all came from Adam and Eve. Paul, or was it Peter? I forget. Maybe it was Peter. No, it was Paul. It was Paul in, in uh, the book of Acts that he said, For God hath made of uh, one, how's he put it? Of all nations, one blood. Was that Peter maybe? I forget who it was. It's in the book of Acts. We all came from Adam and Eve. God created every one of us. Now, the significance of Abraham and Jacob and Isaac is that God was using them for a particular purpose. But that does not mean that other people were excluded from coming to know the Messiah, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. Today... God is using His church for a particular purpose. And it doesn't matter if a person hasn't joined a church or isn't a member of a church. They can come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. But the the invitation is to come and be a part of the church. You see, the nation of Israel was placed with the church in, uh, in the New Testament as far as being that institution. Now, as far as the... The bloodline of the uh, Israeli people or Jewish people or from, let's just say, Jacob or whatever, there's surely some bloodline still in existence today. Whether it's diluted to a particular point, I don't know. Whenever we talk about bloodlines in different uh, Native American Indians, for example, uh, I think I have one thirty-second of a Native American in May. And um, what is it, the, the woman that, that Trump calls Pocahontas? What does she have in her? I forget what that is. I don't know if y'all remember or not. But <laughs> Anyways, what's that? One one thousandth or something like that. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Now, but my, my point, though, is that when we look at... Uh, at the bloodline, if we are looking at genealogies, then there is a significance. You know, we can look and see, and, and uh, all these numbers matter. But the fact of the matter is, where Jesus, where the Bible tells us that avoid the genealogies and this and that, I think what is being referred to there is that doesn't make a difference whether you're saved or not. What you need to know to be saved is you need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Put your faith and your trust in Him. He is the Savior. He died on the cross willingly for the sins of the whole world, not just a few, 
but for the world. That's what John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's stand. We're going to close with that.